Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. Authorities in the UK still have a considerable number of restrictions in place about where people can go and what they can do because of the coronavirus. And enforcement is a bit different than in the US as well. Leaders here basically have left enforcement of some pretty soft rules up to business owners. But in England, the police can and will show up to arrest you if you're found to be in violation, which, as you might expect, leads to some interesting excuses. Like, say, Saturday in the Hampshire community of Basingstoke, where police went to look into a party that was reported. Too many people in one place. They found coronavirus rule breakers all gathered together to celebrate a new pregnancy. During questioning, party goers were asked about why they broke pandemic rules, and they responded simply, What pandemic? We've never heard of such a thing. We don't watch the news. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe that. I don't believe that either, yes, no. <laughs> Cliff, I don't know what's going on with me, but over the weekend, yeah. I kept seeing that... Um, Old reverse mortgage commercial featuring Tom Selleck. You've seen that thing yet? I believe I have. I don't know how you could miss it. It's it's on like every other commercial. And I don't know why, Cliff, but every time I see that, I just get the feeling I'd like to fight Tom Selleck for the right to sell those reverse mortgages. (laughs) I don't know why. I just want to have a throwdown with Tom Selleck for some reason. You want reason. to beat up Tom Selleck. I, for some reason, his, I don't know why. His mustache could beat you. I, well, yes. Yes, it could. <laughs> Luckily for me this morning, Cliff, I yeah. came into Country 98.1 wearing my suit of warmer because it was <laughs> 70 when I got here this morning inside. 70. Wow. Doesn't sound cool until you walk inside here and it's like, who turned the furnace off? <laughs> I don't it know. Sounds- it sounds warm to me. It's not warm. <laughs> trust me. Really? No. Well, how how warm was it at your house? Usually I have it at like 72 or 3 or something <laughs> like that. Jeez. <laughs> Somewhere in that neighborhood. But here it's usually 75 or 76. I was going to say, you, I thought usually, I don't know what the number specifically is because, you know, it's been so long since I've been there. But when the furnace is on, it's set to like easy bake oven mode. Correct. <laughs> Someone turned it down. Almost off, in my opinion, Cliff, when it's 70 in here, <laughs> 70, 71. It, that's cold, man. I, wow. And luckily, though, my suit of warmer, I don't know why I picked this red jacket <laughs> thing to wear, but I did this yeah. morning. Maybe I knew in my heart of hearts, Cliff, that yeah. something was going on. But I did I did punch it back up to about 80. I'm going <laughs> to warm this sucker up for a little bit. Good Lord. Well, Cliff, what's happening at 7? I'm not paying the bill. I, I know. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so let me ask, Cliff. Yes. What's the temperature setting at the Overlook Lounge where you're at? <laughs> right at this exact moment, the thermostat is set on 63. 63? Now you're gonna you're saying like, what? Yes. <laughs> okay, so I don't know if if you've heard it or not, but if the furnace is running while I'm on the air, it's really loud. So I try to not have it run while I'm talking because it's just there's just so much noise. So. When I'm not talking, I'll go back and turn the thermostat up to about, like, say, 70. So it gets warmer, and then when it's time to do news and whatnot, I'll turn it down. But under my desk, there's a space heater <laughs> blowing hot air right up my pant legs. I don't want to picture anything going up your pant legs, Cliff. <laughs> so thank you for that uh, visual. <laughs> Thanks.
Uh, if, you ask. I mean, you wanted to know the details. Of well, how I, I just, stay warm I just wanted the numbers. All I wanted, Cliff, just give me a number. That's <laughs> all. Uh, you said that you do that, turn that furnace down, yeah, so that there's not a big noise while you're talking. Yeah. Could you get the fire department to shut the uh, whistles and bells and stuff off whenever they go by the Outlook <laughs> Lounge? You know, just for that one little block. Not. Just to shut her down for, for a block. That one block. I doubt it. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe we could work on that a little bit. Well, we we see what Mike says. Well, let's see Thank what you. Mike says about that, yeah. the fire chief. Weed, if you're like me, you may have wondered what the relationship is between Secret Service agents and those that they've been assigned to protect. Certain elected officials from the president on down and their relatives are assigned a detail of agents to provide security, with the number of agents in the detail varying according to the perceived level of threats. The nature of the 24 by 7 365 job means that certain workplace accommodations have to be made for those agents, and such accommodations may test the privacy of whoever they're protecting. For instance, the Washington Post reported Friday, and many liberals have pointed out and laughed at since, that the Secret Service detail protecting the home of Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner were denied access to bathrooms inside the home, even though there were six and a half. That left the Secret Service searching for a place to go, and they tried several different options with each one not working for a variety of reasons. Neighbors complained when they put up a porta potty, so the agents took to driving to nearby businesses or the Naval Observatory where the VP lives, and they also used the bathroom at the nearby Obama residence where a garage had been converted to a security center for Secret Service and had facilities of its own until someone messed up the toilet. And I think you know what I'm talking about here. Apparently, the agency responsible for tracking down counterfeiters couldn't identify the perpetrator. Instead, one security detail just banned the other, leaving some agents with nothing to go on. Secret Service ended up renting a small apartment in a neighbor's basement for $3,000 a month just so they could go to the bathroom. <laughs> Who would have ever thought of that, Cliff? I mean, yeah, I would never really even considered where they go. Well, but they, they got to go somewhere, somewhere yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yesterday, Betty White made it, Cliff, 99 years young, and I saw her on TV. <laughs> oh, she was on TV? She was on. Birthday. Yes, she was on Betty. TV, and I looked at her, and I thought, you know what? When I'm 99, yeah. I want to be just like Betty White. Maybe not the mascara and the lipstick, <laughs> but but maybe the mascara and the lipstick. That might be the look you're going for when you're 99. That's right, because when you're 99, <laughs> who's going to argue with you, Cliff, That's if right. you throw a little you mascara do- on? You can do whatever the hell you want. Yes. If you're 99. Yes. Absolutely right. Yes. I've earned the right to wear mascara and lipstick and I'm 99 <laughs> and that's what I'm going to do. I got to say, Cliff, if I ever went to a restaurant yeah. back whenever we can go inside and, you know, lounge around again and yeah. the menu said on there, such and such item and then beside it is not that good. I would appreciate the honesty <laughs> that they had there and I would probably it, try it. <laughs> Just because it you said try, it's not it just, that good. And you would try something that is admittedly not that good. That's right, I would, Cliff. Because there's a Chinese restaurant in Montreal, and yeah. that's what the owner's doing. He gives his honest, unedited opinion on each of the dishes at his restaurant. I, mean, I guess, my th- why would you put something on the menu that you know is not that good? I don't know, but... The things that he thinks is good, like stir-fried intestines, he says that's the favorite here, and that's what you ought to try. And he also says, Cliff, that customers appreciate that he, uh, you know, 
tells them the truth about what they're getting. They don't want to come in with high expectations and then feel disappointed whenever they arrive and eat. And I was thinking, Cliff, high expectations yeah. and then feel disappointed because those expectations weren't met. Yeah. We should have a menu for this program. I was say, that's the hallmark of this program. Yes. If there's some way we could come up with a menu. You know, I'm saying like. We should, well, we should hire that guy to be our producer. <laughs> Perfect, yes. Like, um, on the menu, it would have um, only you could make it stop. Right, not that good. Not that good, or whatever he oh, thinks oh, oh, about no, it. No, but that's that's one of the best ones. Passable, how's that? We'd put a passable okay, acceptable, on that. acceptable, yeah. Acceptable. Yeah. I think a menu for this program, Cliff, is where it's at. Weed religious tradition and celebration has seemingly changed constantly since the dawn of Christianity. Thank goodness. The practice of feast days is meant to help believers remember the sacrifice of those who went before and how those believers helped shape what we believe today. Most Christians, though, including Catholics, really don't hold a party on, say, April 4th to celebrate the Feast of St. Isidore, who's the patron saint of the farmer, like, say, they would have done hundreds of years ago. Because back in medieval times, such celebrations were a common occurrence. Basically, they celebrated everything. And that's why, until 1431, it was common to attend the Feast of the Ass. It was meant to celebrate the donkey that Mary and the baby Jesus rode for the flight to Egypt after his birth. And not what many of you thought, weirdos. Part of the festivities included a messenger riding an ass into town, herding the animal with his spurs until an angel descends and says, don't do that. Historians say the rider, though, likely mounted a wooden ass meaning no asses were hurt during the party. It's hard to get an angel to perform on command, though, Cliff, to come down. No, you're absolutely like, right. On the way to work this morning, Cliff, I was passed. Yeah. It was a little bit slippery, and I was a little bit nervous about it, but I was passed by a vehicle, and mm -hmm. I noticed the license plate. And the license plate had one of those little stethoscopes off to the left-hand side, an Indiana oh, yeah. plate. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I knew that was a nurse or something to do right. with the nursing field. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I got to thinking, Cliff, after I saw that, I knew that today is National Disc Jockey Day. Not making that up, it's actually a day. Not really, you know, celebrated anywhere in the world, but today <laughs> is Disc Jockey Day. And I wondered, Cliff, since the stethoscope was for the nurse, yeah, what would be a good sign or symbol for a DJ? <laughs> like to put on your license plate. Well, I mean... In much the same way that the stethoscope is kind of a symbolism of what a nurse is. Yes. You could say that the microphone would be the symbol for a DJ. You know, I thought of that, and I thought of the headphone. Yeah. Kind of lame, but, though. I mean, everybody kind of yeah. goes there. Every anytime you, anytime you get a, you see a picture of anybody, a personality on the air, they're going to pose in front of the microphone. It's like, okay, that's tired. We've done that. Let's do something else. So the only other thing I can think to put on a personalized license plate for a DJ is sadness. <laughs> just the word sadness? or Just, just... the word sadness. <laughs> that's it? Just sadness? Yeah. So if, you can, if we could come up with some kind of a picture that would symbolize sadness, that would be representative of a DJ. Just over on the left-hand side, right before the yes. numbers start, huh? Yeah. Like really grumpy... 
and tired because, you know, they got up like at three in the morning, that kind of, you know, that whole thing. Any of that, yeah. Cliff, we were talking about symbols. I'm thinking about possibly a tattoo on my right forearm. (laughs) Not forearm, my right shoulder. On your shoulder? Yes. Okay. There's not a lot of of real estate on your forearm. No, there's not. That's why I had to change that. I'm thinking of mortar and pestle. Why would you get that? Because people would, you know, look at it and say, that's a pretty cool yeah, pretty cool tattoo you got there, and I would just say, I'm really proud of that one right there. <laughs> then they would want to know, what does it mean? What would you tell them? Well, you know, it's pharmacy. Well, you don't have anything to do with the pharmacy. Well, I know the recommended dosage of aspirins a day, so I could go with that. You could, yeah, it's, oh, okay. So it's you better than be- sadness <laughs> for a DJ. I could have the pharmacy <laughs> emblem on there, could I not? Huh? Well, that's true. Okay. It, Oh, oh! By the by the way, speaking of speaking of pharmacy, I have a story to tell you about going to the drugstore. You want to do that now, or is it a short or long story, or what do you got going? Well, I mean, however you want to you want to play a song and come back, or do it after the the other break or whenever. That's fine. Go ahead. Is it a good story, like top I'm telling, notch? I'm telling it. So yes, it is. Well. <laughs> that seemed like a shot there. So let's let's. <laughs> Let's do it now, Cliff. Go ahead. Oh, okay. So many people know, we've talked about it here on the program, that my old dog who hangs out with me wherever I go is uh, diabetic. And so he has to get insulin shots twice a day, which I have learned to do and manage all of that. But uh, the needles, you have to buy the needles to go with the insulin. And so I was at Walmart over the weekend, and I walked up to the – I was just like, I need to get needles. And so I go up to the uh, counter and I said, I'd like to buy some needles for insulin. So they get a book and you have to fill out this. You have to show your ID. They have to fill in your name, address, and phone number. And there's a, in that line where you're writing, there's a blank area that says that you have to put the reason why you're purchasing needles. And I, (laughs) I said, I mean, I wrote insulin. But I, I told the woman who was waiting on me, I guess it would be bad form to put methamphetamine here. <laughs> Stone face. It was one of those, <laughs> you don't joke about medical things. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> no humor there at all, huh? No, none whatsoever. <laughs> the lesson there is don't joke in the pharmacy department, it's isn't right, it? Don't. It's like, you know, it's that story you told about propofol. <laughs> Yes, yes, no, she you, wasn't You happy. won't be able to do the, mo- the moonwalk no. after taking propofol. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. Cliff, remember when you were a kid how exciting it was to hear the music of the ice cream man as he rolled around <laughs> the neighborhood? Like the Mary Mobile. Yes. Remember yes. that? I certainly do. I think as an adult, the closest that yep. we can come to that feeling mm-hmm. is when the Amazon delivery man comes <laughs> to your house. Is that not true? You're waiting for those packages well. and waiting and waiting. <laughs> You know, in some instances, they kind of just sneak in, leave the package, and they're gone. And then you get the notification on your phone. Your package has been delivered. You're like, what? No one even knocked on the door. But those days are (laughs) numbered. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Well, Amazon is going to try to bring back that experience that we all had about the ice cream truck. Because they're rolling out in the next couple of years 100,000 electric 
vans all over the United States to deliver our packages. Okay. And anything that's electric, if it's going under like 18 miles an hour, has to make a sound so you and I don't walk in front of it and get hit. Oh, yeah. We we did a story about that a couple of weeks ago. Remember, there's the, the Tesla has a PA system that you can play fart sounds through. That's exactly right. Yeah. Now, the electric vehicles from Amazon, they're not going to play Farmer in the Dell or Pop Goes the Weasel <laughs> like an ice cream truck. Yeah. But they're going to sound a little bit like an alien coming through. <laughs> and okay. this is what it's going to sound like, Cliff, whenever okay, they get sure. in your neighborhood. Is that not a little freaky? I'm, I'll be looking for a flying saucer. I would be too, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cadillac is yeah. developing a new flying car unlike i guess the wow. old flying cars we're all used to <laughs> going around well i think most of the yeah the, the old flying cars really didn't fly all that well <laughs> no they didn't no and you know i'm no. okay with that i mean i don't really no. care one way or the other but i think the name could be improved a little bit i would like a the flying name. car named it's gonna be okay <laughs> the it's gonna be okay model uh, this will not fall out of the sky model or something like that. <laughs> They're calling theirs the halo, which reminds me too much of death. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the halo. Yes, it's going to yeah, be I called wouldn't, halo. I wouldn't name a flying car halo. No, because, you know, <laughs> the connotation <Here's>, there. <laughs> that's right. Here's what's in store for you if you get the new flying car from Cadillac. A halo. Yeah. See, you don't want that at all. No. That's not, that's not, that's not salesmanship at all. Perhaps, Cliff, the most honest voice message we've ever received <laughs> here on this program. Uh-oh. That's going to scare No, it's not okay. scary. This is no. nice. Oh, okay. Go. All right. Sure. Morning, Lee. Morning, Cliff. Cliff, I'm, I'm sorry you have to get up so early and it kind of makes you grumpy. But let me remind you of something. It's almost time for Take It to the Bank. That should cheer you way up. It sure does me. Gives me goosebumps. Gizzing goosebumps, Cliff, that it's almost time for Take It to the Bank. Hello, and welcome back to Take It to the Bank with Austin. So today, I'm going to be doing a Take It to the Bank on whitetail deer. So first thing about the deer whitetail will be they actually have a gland in between their toes. That will actually tell other deer when that deer came through. So when that buck's on the trail of that doe, he's going to be like, okay, I see four sets of prints here. This one's heading this way, that way, that way, this way. And then he knows which one he's taking. A deer has a special hole in the back of its mouth to where it can actually taste the scent in the air. And it's really cool. And here's something. Every single time I'm out deer hunting, somehow that deer finds a tree. Just somehow it finds a tree that blocks a perfect shot. It's been taken to the bank with Austin. Have a nice day. Notice a little complaining at the end there, Clint? Yeah, yeah. It seems to happen all the time. I hear deer hunters <laughs> say it all the time. <laughs> Cliff, was there anything said today? Uh, yeah, there was. Morning Roadshow phrases of the day. Start with number three. His mustache could beat you up. <laughs> Number two, mounted a wooden ass. <laughs> oh my. Listen to the podcast. It'll all come out there later. 
On the number one morning roadshow phrase for today, I've earned the right to wear mascara and lipstick. Well, if you're 99, Cliff, you can wear what you want. That's right. Betty White is 99. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.